The following podcast is intended only for adults. We will be covering subject matter not appropriate for children. Please use discretion when listening. Hello, and welcome back to Vanilla with a Side of Kink. Uh, a couple's journey into the world of kink. And if you remember from our last episode, it was April 13th, 2015, and it was on a Monday. I remember that day very, very well because that was the day that Renee broke up with me. And yes, she broke up with me. And I was, I was pretty upset about that. Um, I, you know, I, here I am in my first relationship out of, in, in a very long time that was not within my marriage. And now I'm being dumped <laughs> in a sense. And she had great reasons. She had, she'd put in some thought behind it, but I felt badly. I mean, it was like, it wasn't where I was wanting to be. The next day on Tuesday, I had a business trip. I flew to Boston, Massachusetts and had some time away. I was able to focus on my business a little bit, but she was never out of my mind. The truth of the matter is I was in love with her and I knew it. And even when I'm in Boston and I'm at the conference and all the other things, uh, you, you've heard in a previous episode that I was raised in New England and I was a big Boston Red Sox fan and the Red Sox were playing and I didn't even want to go see them. I didn't, it it was, my head was very in a very different place and it was rather sobering in a lot of ways to go through that experience and the feeling that I had of loss of having not lived up to my own expectations, let alone her expectations and trying to figure out in me what needed to change, what could change. It was, it was a different kind of trip for me (laughs) for sure. And I went through the week with the intent of coming home and starting my life and all the different pieces that would go with that. For my part, I I really felt okay, which was surprising to me. This was the first time in my adult life that I ever initiated a breakup with a romantic partner. I'm not sure what that says about me, but it was always them breaking up with me. Um, Dan made a comment in the last episode about how being in kinky world made me more self-assured and more confident. And, and I think that was a factor of that. See, I'm my own worst enemy. (laughs) I also felt like I had made the decision for all the right reasons because I genuinely wanted us both to be happy. Uh, I had said that, that I made that decision, even though I had, I made that decision in that moment, but I had known for months that, this was where this path was headed. So why had I known for months? Um, I was very up for trying polyamory, especially because Dan and I 
to, we're not in a place where we wanted to be serious. We both were recently out of marriages, long-term marriages. So um, I was certainly very up for trying it, and I, I highly recommend anyone try it for the self-growth possibilities alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, well, yeah. You learn a lot, a mm-hmm. lot, a lot, a lot, a lot about yourself. And what I had learned by that point was, you know how we all have things that we say to ourselves, right? We call them schemas in psychology. So uh, you have a schema that you say to yourself about yourself. And one of mine is that I am no one's number one. I am lots of people's top five. I'm not saying I'm not loved and I don't feel loved. I'm not saying that. But I was nobody's number one except for my first husband. I thought I was his number one. We never had children, so it was just he and I in the relationship. And I firmly thought I was his number one until, oh, just kidding, he packed up and left me one day. So I learned that I was no one's number one, and I realized that if I were to ever lucky enough to get someone in my life for to whom I would be their number one, why would I ever want to share that person with someone else? Why would I ever want to risk having to share number one spot with somebody else? And so that's what I learned. That's what, that's what being Polly taught me, that I needed a partner who was monogamous, who was only going to have a romantic interest in me. That's why I had known for months. So here we are. He's on this like five night. It was, it was a while. I was gone Tuesday through Sunday, Sunday morning. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm really doing fine. I'm, I'm shocked how fine I'm doing. I'm proud of myself. And so here I am, um, that week, you know, I had been 12 years with my husband, married to my husband together with him, a total of 16 years, By this point, it had been almost two years exactly since he had left me. Um, After he left me, it took about a year and a half for the depression that I went into related to that to abate. And so here I am, like six months out of the depression, having started and ended my first post-marriage relationship. So I am right back to that square of trying to figure out who I am now. I certainly was not afraid of being single. I wasn't afraid, you know, if I had never found another partner, that would have been okay. I'm not the person that feels like I need to have someone to be complete. I am the person that feels like I need to have dogs to be complete. But people were optional. So that was good. Um, I'm trying to figure out, am I going to be the person that stays in kinky world? Am I going to make more of an effort to go to social events in vanilla world? Because I was interested in dating and in finding a partner. It wasn't something I felt was a necessity, but I still wanted it. So that week was just interesting for me from an introspective perspective. Uh, That Tuesday, I went to that kinky event that was my favorite, where we sat around in a diner and talked about kinky topics. So I went to that on my own, which I was used to going to on my own because Dan always had a different event that night he would go to. So that was super fun. I love that event. um, And I love the people there. And that was a great way to spend that evening. And then the next night was another kinky event um, that I 
I've, I've memory serves that I stopped by at and then um, didn't stay too long and then had dinner with um, a good friend. And so that was right on point for living that single life and hanging out with, with girlfriends and just having good social interactions. And then that Thursday, I believe, I actually went to another person's um, house, a person in kinky world. I went to their house to kind of, we were friends and I was kind of curious to see if there might be anything more there to that relationship. And I forget why I went to his house, but I went to his house and we had a lovely time, but I realized there really wasn't a whole lot more to that than other other than just friendship. But what stood out to me that night was that the I it reminded me of the first time I went to Dan's house. So when Dan separated from his wife, he moved in with his parents. And I never really could go to the house because, you know, his parents were there and and they didn't know a whole lot at that point as to what was going on with him because, you know, you don't come out kinky to your parents easily. So, but there was one weekend where they were out of town. And so I had the opportunity to go see Dan at his house. I was so happy to finally be able to see a little bit of the world he was living in. I remember that day vividly. I had a smile plastered on my face all day, all through work. And then we met um, in the city in which he lived, like at a grocery store. And then I followed him. Um, no, actually, he gave me the address for his house. That's right. We met at the grocery store parking lot a different time. He gave me the address for his, health, his house, and I texted him that I was on my way. And when I got there, when I pulled up to his house, he was standing out front on the sidewalk looking for me. And having gone to this other friend's house that Thursday night, I had a hard time finding his house. And I was calling him or texting him, oh, I'm not sure, am I in the right place? And he was certainly responding and trying to give me directions, but he was not standing outside of his house on the sidewalk actively looking for me. And I remembered that about Dan. I remember that that's how he treated me at that time. And I, so I remembered that night where, where Dan did that to me, for me. And it's not that my other friend was doing anything wrong. It's just that what Dan did by coming out of his house and standing on the sidewalk looking for me was yet another way that he communicated to me how important I was, how important I was to him, how protective he was of me. And it, it made me appreciate the relationship that we had had. It did not change anything. I, I didn't have this memory and thought, oh, I got to get back together with him. But I was very appreciative of what we had had. And I was making a note, making a mental note of that's the kind of behavior I like. That's how I would like to be treated. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up. The, um, But I've always done that with you. I've always been very, tried to be very aware of what someone needs, you in particular. And definitely focusing on... Uh, if, if I'm giving somebody directions 
trying to be out front, trying to take care of that, trying to make sure they don't feel lost. I guess that's that's part of me is I don't like people feeling lost. I like people feeling that they have an understanding of what's going to happen. And and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think part of what you were learning about yourself in this time period was how you treat someone you're in love with how you tr- versus how you treat someone you're just interested in, maybe not in love with yet, versus how you treat someone who you have no interest in. Because you just said you're used to learning how to how people want to be treated and, and treat them that way, but you you kind of would treat everybody that way. That's true. I mean, I can remember you and I having conversations about me opening the door for everybody. For everybody. And, and you being like, I don't want you to open the door for everybody. Well, okay, ladies, ladies who are listening, back me up on this, right? If a man opens your door, isn't it just like, oh, like, oh, like it, it, it has a, a powerful impact, at least in my world, in my social circle, it did. So you're opening doors for everybody and every woman, well, not, not, not everybody, you're opening doors for every woman. Well, yeah, enough. I mean, and I would every, open the door for a guy if he was like going through it, but not, not like to open the door I would for a woman. And every woman is, you're opening a door for every woman and every one of them is like, <gasps> and there's immediately that little kernel of attraction just for that reason. But that's so hard because to me, that's part of how I was raised was to, to take care of things and open doors. I always opened the door for my mom. I always took care of my mom. And your dad taught you um, yeah, to do that. So so it was hard in a way to not do that for other people in right. order to show you how much I loved you. Well, it wasn't in order to show me. But it no, was I, in order not to send a mixed, message a mixed message to the other person. That's true. Yeah. If, 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 I wasn't. Like, oh, I want to be, I, I wasn't saying don't do it because I want to feel extra special. I was saying it, don't do it because you're giving them the wrong idea. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you. So continue. So you, <laughs> you like to treat people that way. You like to make sure that everyone's okay. Well, like even in our, even in the things we do today and in, in like the courses we have and the classes we have. I always want people to feel like they have direction and understanding of where they're going with what they're doing. Yeah. Not feeling lost. And sometimes people will message me. It's like, I don't know. To, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to do with this. And my immediately like, how do I make this better? How do I fix this? Which is also another part of my, the way I operate is how do I fix things? Which is another part of our communication where I had to learn not to try to fix everything to be responsive and listening and understanding what your need was rather than thinking that the need was you needed me to fix it right now. Right. And that's just part of growing into a relationship and growing as a human being in reality. Well, and that goes back to you, you know, having been married at 19, you're, and and being that nice guy, you're treating people in a way that you were taught to treat people and let's say, you know, in an alternative universe, you hadn't gotten married at 19. And let's say instead you had gone to college. You would have gone to college and treated all these women this nice way and sent all these inadvertent mixed messages. And you would have gotten schooled, no pun intended, <laughs> on <laughs> how how you were treating people. Most of us did that. We learned those lessons in our you know, in our nineteen year, our nineteen year, in our in our twenties, that's that's when we learned those lessons. I remember 
I was one of the few people on my floor in college, I lived in the dorms, who had a car. And I I had had two friends who I thought were very good friends of mine. And one day they said, Oh, let's all let's go to the mall. Let's, you know, this was like in the nineties when malls were a hot topic to go to. Let's go to the mall. And 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 you know, of course I had to drive because I'm the only one that had a car. And we get to the mall and the two of them say to me, okay, we're going to go do this, 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 and this. We'll meet you, meet you back in two hours. And they left. And I was like, wow, they only wanted me here for my car, for my ability to drive them. And, you know, I wasn't going to be an ass who left them. I'm not that person. But, and I'm also, I'm also the person who gives people the benefit of the doubt far longer than I should. And so I'm sure I was like, okay, well, let's see what happens in two hours. And so maybe that they just needed to do something on their own. Two hours pass, we meet back up. They say again, okay, we're going to go do this, this, and this. We'll see you in about another two hours. And I'm like, WTF. And, and I, you know, I got through that day. I drove us all back to the dorms and I stopped being friends with those two. And I learned that lesson that way so lots of lessons learned um and lots of thought processes as we as we continue this relationship in a in a broken up state which leads us to that friday so i broke up with him on monday he left for on tuesday on friday i had it had been on the calendar that i was going to go see my parents um visiting my parents was always difficult for me and dan knew that And so that Friday morning, he texted me to say he knew I was going to go see my parents that day, and he was thinking about me and wanted me to know that. Mm -hmm. Gosh dang it. I was fine. I had been fine. And then he sends this text. And I'm like, man, remembered my schedule. Super thoughtful. Really sweet. Damn it. So... That's how my week was going. <laughs> and then Sunday came. Sunday you were flying back from Boston. Yep. I remember being on the air on the plane texting you this. So this is where a third person enters our relationship. And that third person is Paul Blart, Mall Cop. Paul Blart, <laughs> Mall Cop, is one of the best movies of all times. Shout out to Kevin James. Hey, Kevin, if you're listening to this, I'm still Polly. Hit me up. We can go out because you are definitely on my island. Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 came out like that weekend. That weekend. And I knew it. I'd been planning to take her. He was planning to take me to Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 because I was deliriously excited that there was a sequel and that I was going to see it. So Sunday morning, he texted me to say, hey, Paul Blart Mall Cop is showing these times. Like he looked up the movie times. This is where this is where being that dominant personality gets really hard to turn down because he took the time to look up all of the times the movie was playing and put them all in the text so I could choose what time I wanted to go to. So <clears throat> I really wanted to see this movie and I was really missing him. And I was really horny because, you know, no sex for a week at this point. And we've always had amazing chemistry. So I'm like, yes, 
Let's go see a movie. So he comes and picks me up, takes me to the movie. The movie was awesome. And then we go to dinner because, you know, the girls got to eat. And we were at dinner. And that's when he said to me, I read the books and I started crying. So for those of you who remember last episode, I had been reading all of these books on polyamory and basically begging him to read them. And he never did. And that was one of the contributing factors to the breakup. And and the funny thing is, well, it's really not funny, but it, the, the thing is when I read those books, I learned so much myself. I, I didn't realize the things that I didn't even know. I mean, it Duh. was huge. It was like, wow. And you were having my reactions finally. It started to open up my mind to to not only the way I was acting, but the things I should be thinking about, the things I should be asking about, the things I should be questioning. And I wasn't even there. Uh, I was going through this, like, for lack of a better term, just you know, some kid out of college who was just looking for his next, you know, joyride and and not really paying attention to the details that really have to be put in in order to have a real relationship with someone in order to put the effort in that changes the relationship from being something that's casual to something that's really serious. And it's, and that didn't fix me. Don't get me wrong. Reading that book did not change a lot of, it didn't change everything overnight. But it did give me perspective that I did not have. And I think it's really important that we as uh, as individuals recognize that our perspective is only based on what we've experienced in our lives, what we've been taught, what we've seen. And oftentimes it's learning from the experiences of others that really helps us to understand pieces of the puzzle that we could never get by ourselves, especially when we're stepping into new territory. So for me, knowing that I love this person – very much. And I wanted a relationship with her. I, I needed to figure out how to make that work. And it didn't mean that I still didn't want to be poly. It didn't mean that I still didn't want to have other relationships, but I definitely wanted her in my life and trying to figure all of that out was still an important piece of the puzzle. And I, I still have a lot to learn at this point in the relationship, but I was very excited. Well, and all I was asking was for you to join me in the classroom. Right. You know, that's the, and, and so he tells me he, he spent this week not going to the Red Sox. I didn't go to the Red Sox game. I didn't go to anything room, else. Stayed in the room and read these books. Like I would go on trips and I would go to kinky events. I would find what was going on around town. I would message people ahead of time. And I didn't. I just stayed in my room and read that, read the books, and just got myself on the same page. And at started least, realizing to, to be able to have have a relationship with Renee that so, could go somewhere. I basically said to you that night. I said, "Not." I said nothing has changed. Like you just said, this didn't automatically fix all the problems right. overnight. And gosh, darn it. I broke up with you for the first time in my adult <laughs> life. I broke up with someone. This breakup is going to stick. Damn it. But let's be friends with benefits because horny missing him. So chemistry, that's uh -huh. what we did. So we, um, we decided we would be friends with benefits and, and even though we're both kind of smirking and obviously you guys, Spoiler alert, know how this relationship ends. Um, 
so even though that sounds like it was not a big shift, it actually was a huge shift. Yes. Because it was yet another relationship dynamic we were entering into. And it had very dramatic and profound consequences yeah. Yeah. for the next month. <laughs> next, yeah, mo- next two months. Next two there's, months. There's some significant there's things. Going on. Yeah, there's a lot. But before we tell you that story, we, on our next episode, we're going to go back in time and tell you more about those two months where we were Dom Sub and tell you more about some events we went to and tell you more about aspects of Kinky World that you are most most likely not aware of. Yeah, there'll be a lot more to come. And that's going to bring us to the end of this particular episode. If you're enjoying this, hey, please leave us a five-star review. It will really help us with our exposure. And, of course, tell your friends. We really want to, to you to share with your friends. And, you know, they might you might be worried about them going, hey, uh, I'm listening to this podcast about kinky things. But most people. But not. it's also about vanilla things. It's about a normal vanilla couple. That's true. Who has some interesting lifestyle. Yes. And uh, who knows what it might stir up. So we, um, we're we excited to continue to bring you Vanilla with a Side of Kink. And until next time. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>